Welcome to Unchained TV, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. You're about to hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your health, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. There is a new documentary that's called Real Fur. It's hopefully not damning, but it may be. My name is Temur Chaudhary. I went undercover to investigate the fur trade. What I discovered will shock you to your core. Is that a polar bear? They on the endangered list? The story of how I ended up here is inseparable from the making of this film. My life consisted of fashion shows, having parties, but something was wrong. Something was missing in my life. I found myself wondering how much cruelty is hidden behind all our fashion fur. If consumers knew the truth about these practices, would never say that's a humane way to kill animals, not in a million years. Fur is a relic of a cruel and uninformed age. I thought to myself, you're just too small. How are you gonna make that change? How can people get involved in this movement? It's now time for Canada to end the cruel and dangerous practice of commercial fur farming, and that is exactly what this legislation will do. Welcome to a discussion of Ending Real Fur, the movie that is sparking a movement to end fur forever. Unchained TV is very proud to be streaming this for free. So just go to Unchained TV and watch it and you can see it for free. But we have a panel comprised of people who hosted watch parties, attended watch parties for the premiere this is as close as you're going to get to sort of a sampling of animal lovers. The movies out there, it aims to end fur in fashion. What can we as consumers, as citizens do? So I want to start with Tanya Carrier. You are in the heartland, Michigan. Um, you threw a watch party. What was the reaction? Oh, gosh. Um, it's funny because I've been vegan now for like seven years and active for several. So I've seen that reaction before uh, with people. Um, I had some non-vegans and some vegans here. And so the vegans had seen it before. Um, you know, they all look a little shell-shocked at what what was in the video. It wasn't like the, the most, um, uh, what would be the word, like the most... Um, visually Rapid. upsetting yeah. uh, film that's out there. So that's good. Um, I think the vegans had, had experienced things like that before, which is why they're vegan. Um, my non-vegan friends were um, open to it. They learned, and I think that they are opening up their minds to it, which is, of course, what we always want. We just want someone's attention. We want somebody to see what we've seen, because I really always believe that that is the difference between somebody being being vegan and non-vegan is that they're just willing to see the animal's point of view for a minute. So anytime we have an opportunity to see a film like this is, is really good and to share it with somebody who's willing to watch. So uh, you, it's funny because you're talking about veganism, but this is a film about ending fur, but it's part yeah. of a greater movement. Yeah. So you held a watch party in Detroit uh, Ellen Dent, you held a watch party in Pennsylvania. What was the reaction there? And 
break it down. How many were, let's say, animal lovers, animal activists, and how many were what you'd call people who are just totally new to this issue? Uh, I, I would say that the majority were animal lovers and animal rights activists. Uh, I've linked up with the activist community out here. So uh, I advertised uh, in the vegan Vegans of Pittsburgh, or, or we did. Um, we all advertised in there. And then uh, we also advertised in our activist group chat uh, for the screening, uh, which we had at Sia's, which is a lovely uh, vegan restaurant that's in Pittsburgh. If you're ever in Pittsburgh, definitely check them out. Um, and they were very supportive, let us take over their restaurant. And uh, there was definitely one person there uh, who had never seen footage like this. Uh, it was actually someone's mother. And they uh, actually brought their rescued dogs with them. So you can imagine the impact uh, seeing, you know, these animals, especially, you know, seeing like foxes, for example, which are very dog-like. I won't go into the, you know, the scientific uh, classifications here because I don't know them. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so imagine seeing, uh, you know, an animal like that, like your dog, while you're with your dog at this uh, watch party and uh, seeing them uh, you know, suffer in this way in these cages and, and you know, torn apart. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, I, I felt it was very impactful. Everybody watched very intently. Uh, even my daughter, uh, who's four years old, would not turn away or take my phone for the majority of the film. She sat there and, and watched it. So um, I was uh, relieved it wasn't too graphic, um, even though you do see a lot. Um, thank you for that. Now, Jeff Hoffman, you held a watch party in Los Angeles. And what was your reaction to the film? And, and the greater question, this is a movie that's sparking a movement, but what can we do now that we've got all this information to end this hideous industry? So, uh, yeah, we had uh, a, a nice group here. It was, uh, mostly vegans. There were uh, one or two non-vegans, um, but everybody animal lovers. Uh, we, the film, the, the, the reaction to the film, you know, there were oohs and ahs and, and concerns about, you know, what you saw on the screen. There's definitely some, uh, you know, you learn a lot about the process and the history, uh, which it was very interesting. Uh, one of the things that really stuck with me was, you know, Tim Gunn's statement, uh, I think, you know, near somewhere in the middle of the film where he was really focused on making sure that his students understood where materials come from. And when, you know, he, he insisted that those folks, you know, his students really should, should learn about the fur industry and, and his experience when he initially went to a, a provider uh, I believe somewhere in Europe, Denmark, maybe, and he was horrified with what he saw. Right? I mean, and and he's taken that to took it to Project One Way. So that that was a, a really interesting point. But the the overall, what what we can do, of course, is you know stop su supporting you know fur business. Uh, I I've never had fur, never intentionally bought any fur. Um, but, you know, as a kid, I, I remember, you know, my, my mom, you know, on the East Coast, right, it gets cold and people felt like that was a, a symbol, right? I, I need to have a fur. Um, and, and there was all kinds of social pressure to have that. And I, I'm, I'm glad that that's changing. I'm, I'm glad that programs like, like Project Runway have, you know, 
don't support the fur industry. So I, I think that, uh, you know, we can all just continue to do our part and educate. Um, and as I said, it's really great to see someone like Tim Gunn stand up and be so, imp- you know, so uh, into it, right? Like he's, yeah. he's really- in fact, Jeff, he really stuck his neck out before any fashion leader, and that could be a career ender, uh, but he took a risk. And uh, let's let's listen to a little clip from that, and then we'll talk about it. And the Emmy goes to Tim Gunn for Project Runway. Honorable council members, the fashion business has a troubling history with animals. What's the right thing to do? And... Getting rid of fur is simply the right thing to do. And I'm just surprised Canada hasn't done it already. Yeah, that took a lot of courage. We want to get to you, Jose Jimenez, in one second. You were at the Dallas, but we've got a caller uh, who's calling from Dallas. Steve, your question or thought for our panel on ending real fur, the movie sparking a movement. Yeah, I was with Jose uh, during the video screening. I was just so thankful for, for that event. I, it was easy for me to attend, you know, I just, I'm, I get to be with friends and I was surprised how many non-vegans there were there. And I'd like to just ask the audience, you know, just more like on the logistical side to perhaps show others watching how easy or difficult it is to put on a showing like this and, 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 and let this be a form of activism that is it accessible? Was it easy for you to organize and, and get the, the, I don't know, the chairs ready and the food ready. Can you kind of just kind of real world talk logistically about it to maybe encourage others to to do this type of activism? Thank you. Great question. And I got to go to Tanya on that. You did it in Detroit. How was it? Um, good. I um, we, we didn't really fuss too much. We just kind of like put food out. People brought things, stuff like that. It was pretty easy. Um, we have a projector in our living room. So um that was kind of fun to have like a big screen to watch it on. So, um, yeah, like I said, I went, I was very, I was really impressed and happy that we had some non-vegans show up to my party too. So that, that is something that was good, but yeah, logistically just, just food and, you know, like you're having people over. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we may have stumbled upon something. Jose Jimenez, uh, you're, you're uh, stepping in for a uh, Nilo Far who threw the watch party in the Dallas area. Uh, She's got a job and her boss called her away. She said, I've got a great guest who was at the party. So you're it, Jose Jimenez. What did you think of the movie and this whole concept of gathering people together? Because it's easy to watch a film that has hard truths when you're in a group, correct? Uh, Correct, yeah. Getting everyone to sit down and, uh, you know, stop conversating, um, you know, it could be a little, a little challenging, but once everyone got focused and um, was able to, to, you know, move their eyes to, um, to the film, it was great. It was awesome. And um, I mean, overall, the documentary was simultaneously demoralizing, but also it, very inspirational. Um, it provided like the audience with a firsthand perspective um, of these horrific conditions that these innocent animals live in. Um, but also conversely, it demonstrates how unnecessary and archaic uh, fur is within the fashion industry. So the more people we can get to watch this, um, the more we can spread this message, the more lives we can save. Well, very well put, and let's hope. I mean, the idea is, you know, one of the reasons I started Unchained TV, the world's only vegan animal rights streaming TV network, is that I've gone to many screenings where everybody's already in agreement. Everybody's already an animal activist. Everybody's already a vegan. 
So, you know, we want people who are not open to the, these ideas who say, well, what's wrong with a little fur? Those are the people we need to see this. And uh, I want to tell you that there was also an in-person premiere in Toronto, Canada, just a couple of days before it launched on Unshade TV. Let's just hop over to Toronto and then we'll be right back. It's an eye-opener. I think that's what society needs right now. The general public has to see it. They talked about it being dog fur. It's just activating me to do more. Now I feel like I want to be an anti-fur activist. A lot of people here are not activists. It seemed as though they were pretty moved by it. Uh, I'm a model. I'm a photographer for the fashion industry. I'm actually very inspired watching this whole thing, just seeing how much progress they made about all the retailers that have dropped fur, the different fashion designers, People in Parliament, general people, like everyone's waking up to the reality of the school industry. Yeah, so, you know, the thing that I took away from it, and it's actually, it's not just even the movie, it's conversations that I've been having with people after the movie. And that is that one of the reasons why this stays in our culture is that clothing stylists continue to drape their celebrity clients in fur. And you can almost, Ellen Dent, imagine the conversation. Give me something to make me stand out at that next award show. This looks like junk. Uh, okay, okay, I got to do something different. Let's just put you in fur. You'll stand out. You'll be the only one. You and I actually covered a protest, Ellen Dent, of uh, a celebrity. We don't need to name names. I don't even remember his name. But he showed up at I believe it was the Emmys dripping in fur, and we went and held a protest. Yeah, it was the Super Bowl, and I, I won't say uh, their name, but it was a grotesque uh, like coat uh, that that person was wearing. And, uh, you know, we were outside of that news station or television station, and uh, we, you know, gave them hell out there, and the security saw us, and lots of, uh, you know, the people that were at that news station. Uh, but, you know, I just want to point out, uh, like, I hate to admit it, um, but I was once a person who wore fur. And, uh, you know, I you know, we'll never forgive myself for that. And we'll always uh, fight uh, against for after finding out the truth and, you know, seeing footage like you see in this film and seeing what happens to them. And I remember uh, a distinct moment uh, when I was at my friend's house who had little bunnies and holding one of the bunnies and looking at her and saying, you just ruined fur for me. And this was pre-vegan, pre-activism, um, but just having that moment to connect uh, with the type of animal that I was wearing, uh, you know, in a shawl or whatever it was, um, nothing as grotesque as that giant coat, but still awful. And, you know, it's, it's our duty to make sure that the public knows and sees uh, what happens to these animals uh, behind the scenes. And I'd also like to touch on Steve's question about hosting a, a screening or a watch party, uh, how easy it was to have it at Sia's at that restaurant, um, especially if you have some sort of device uh, like a projector and a screen, which uh, Casey and, and Travis Hip brought their uh, their projector and screen there. And we took over that restaurant and we got food from there. So you support a vegan business. Um, so you don't have to have necessarily people come to your house, especially if uh, you know there might be anybody or strangers or you know something that would make you uncomfortable. But uh, 
you know, it's, it can be very easy to host. We put it together in a few days and, you know, just have the support from the community by uh, putting it out there and promoting well, it. Well, guess what? On the phone right now calling in is the woman who gave us the idea, Nilofar in Dallas, Texas. I was trying to think of ways to promote this film. Uh, it's a premiere on Unchained TV. We're very excited and proud to be a premiering ending real first. So I was sitting there scratching my head. How am I going to promote this? How am I going to promote this? And then she texts me and says, I'm throwing a Thanksgiving leftover vegan leftover party. And I I'm going to show the film. And I was like, bingo. So let's talk to her. Nilo Farr, what was the experience like? I know you're at work. Uh, you can't talk long, but tell us what was the experience like of watching the film and throwing the party? First, kudos to Unchained TV, the only free global streaming animal rights platform without which we could not have launched this successful Fur Free Friday ending real fur premiere screening in Dallas, Texas, which was attended by about 25 people. Uh, a fraction of these people were from the uh, Iranian-American diaspora. The rest of them were animal rights. Um, you know, I'll tell you what really was surprising to me. I've been an activist in the area for about two decades. And uh, the Iranian-American diaspora thus far have been quite unresponsive to my ethical outreach. But I saw that um, they came, you know, several of them came, and to my shock, <laughs> they came. And um, not only they came, they, they showed interest in the film with empathy and sympathy. And, um, you know, I thought, gosh, maybe, maybe the ice was broken using this uh, film par excellence. My question to Jose, who's doing such a great job holding the fort down for me, is what, in your opinion, is the best method to keep this community engaged um, in order to show them that their plates are besmirched with similar violence because they, they related to the fur, they related to the, the animals in, in this uh, abhorrently violent industry, but I've never been able to um, move forward with the violence that's on their plates. Thanks. Take it away, Jose. That's a that's a great question, and thank you, Neely, for letting me, uh, you know, hold down the floor and take your place. Um, I think that when I when I go out and do activism, um, a lot of people have the the right mindset. Um, they all say that they care and love about anim love animals. Um, the thing is, is that people are extremely disconnected from the process and what actually happens behind the scenes um, to these in these poor poor animals. Um, so I always tell everyone um, to, to really make that connection is to focus on the victims, focus on what they experience and, and, and actually don't look away because it's so easy to put your head, your head in the sand and to not think about it when you're consuming these type of products, um, whether it be you know, the clothes you wear or the food you eat. Um, so just remembering the victims and actually opening your eyes to their world will definitely change your mind. And, change what you, you do. And I want to compliment uh, Ellen and you, of course, but Ellen for being honest about how you used to wear fur. And let me say, when I was a little child, my mother loved animals, but she still also wanted a fur coat as a status symbol. 
because it was almost like the women who wore those Republican, they call them Republican cloth coats. That was the phrase. It's not a political statement, but that was the phrase. And um, there were there was a lot of social pressure to belong, to say, I'm not poor. I'm of a certain status. I'm educated. And that got wrapped up in somehow a woman showing up at a party in a fur coat or walking out of her apartment building in a fur coat. I'm really glad those days are gone. I will also say that when I was maybe 12, I had some kind of coat with a lot of fur on it. I don't know. I don't remember whether it's real or not, but I could tell you that for many issues, my work as an activist is a living amends to make up for stupid things that I did. For example, many, many decades ago, I went to India. I rode an elephant. If I could take that back because I didn't know, because I loved elephants. Oh, there's an elephant. Let's ride on an elephant. So at Unchained TV, we're doing a lot of work uh, to expose the horrors of elephant rides. All of us have made mistakes in life, but we can do living amends like you're doing, Ellen, with your incredible activism, because none of us were born, you know, saints who never, very few people were born vegan. I know a few, but very few. So we're all kind of doing amends for that. So I think this is a very interesting conversation that doesn't just apply to fur, but it applies to a lot of things where intentionally or mostly unintentionally, we've participated in exploiting animals. Now, as I mentioned, We've gone out of our way to try to promote ending real fur. To that end, we had a lingerie protest in Hollywood this past weekend where dozens of people gathered to say basically they'd rather go almost naked than wear fur. Why are people taking it off for ending real fur? The movie sparking a movement. Find out by watching the award-winning film now streaming for free on Unchained TV. Nobody needs fur to make a fashion statement. Together, we can strip the world of fur forever. The passion is the passion. So watch on Unchained TV and join the movement to end fur in fashion forever. So Jeff Hoffman, you might have thought you worked very hard putting together a watch party. I saw you washing dishes and, you know, you did you. It was hard, but you didn't have to take your clothes off. Look at it that way. Would you be willing? Let me ask you a question. Would you be willing to do other watch parties in the future? Because people are raising the issue that it's a really good way to get people gathered. And even if most of them are animal activists, if everybody brings somebody who isn't, that could be a really good way to kind of open those people's hearts and minds. De- definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was it was not a hard event to put on. I mean, the biggest issues we had were, okay, we have a TV. The TV only gets so loud, you know, <laughs> and we had a whole bunch of people. So it was like people did actually focus on the movie and and stay a little quiet, right? It wasn't like a party party, right? I mean, the party was after um, or before, actually, we gathered before and, you know, kind of set everything up. Uh, but yeah, like like uh, you said, it's basically a, a TV or a projector and a bunch of chairs and, you know, folks brought food. We had some really, really amazing food. We had a, a, a vegan chef uh, who made an amazing uh, 
array of uh, some some amazing uh, dishes. Um, and we had our, our good friend, Karen uh, LaCava, who's also a vegan chef and realtor, uh, doing um, who did uh, a lot of the food setup and, and made it look really attractive. So uh, like, uh, like, the, like the activists, those were some really good looking activists. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're weighing in there. We've got a bunch of callers here. Paige uh, in Los Angeles, your question or thought. And by the way, let's give Paige Parsons Roads a shout out. She was one of the two organizers along with Cesar Acevedo for that incredible lingerie party uh, that was held, party, protest, whatever. It was held. Uh, under the new billboard for Ending Real Fur and Unshade TV. Take it away, Paige. Yes. Hello. Thank you. Yes, it was an incredible action. You know, the activists in Los Angeles and essentially around the world have been inspired by this global movement of protesting in lingerie. And it was the perfect match for this billboard launch, the first one of Unchained TVs ever, which is, was just so exciting. And I've got to tell you, some of the pushback from some vegan activists uh, and other folks have said, you know, why are they displaying their bodies in such a way? And, you know, women, this, that. And I said, this is a, a movement for passionate people to do things that are going to bring awareness, eyeballs. That's exactly the intention. Um, intention. And there was no objectification. These men, women, non-binary showed up uh, in whatever they chose to wear. I was wearing a long glass dress. Um and decided to bring about awareness for the animals. So here's my question to everyone on the panel. How do we bring this movie in front of people who care about animals, animal lovers? Because I do believe when people think about fur, there's enough public um, uh, agreement that fur is, you know, horrific uh, however, um, they may not even know that there might be dog fur, uh, dog hair inside uh, one of their products. Or when they walk inside one of these retailers or small boutiques, um, that there is still products being sold. So, and, again, and, I, I, mean, I guess I'm circling back to the consumer. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts on that panel? Well, that's an excellent question. And, Paige, I want to point out um, that... The entire film is centered around this gentleman, Tamor Chowdhury, who is a um, jewelry magnate, um, and he was very into status, but he also loved dogs. And then one day he found out that his fur trim, this is the before picture, before anybody gets mad, he found out his fur trim was from a dog and he freaked out and he changed his entire life. That's what the film is about. Him going from a high-flying playboy, buying a whole bunch of status symbols and just partying to becoming an undercover activist who even wears a wire. I mean, that is what I think is the most interesting part of the story. So, you know, he did a living amends for his decision when he found out what he was doing he changed his entire lifestyle and spent seven years making this movie, Ending Real Fur. Now, I'm going to do something a little controversial here. I'm trying to add Rachel Levy to our stage. Rachel, you're not on camera. You threw the party in New York, but you've explained the reasons why you can't be on camera right now. We'll just keep it very mysterious. 
Tell us what your experience of the watch party and the reaction to the film was, Rachel. Hi, Jane. Hi, everybody. How are you? Ty Moore reached out to me years ago. And, of course, I, I agreed with him that it was high time to have this film you know, exposed to the public, to the dark underbelly of the fur industry and fur farming in Canada, which I'm from. And it was just about time for a film to 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 expose the dark underbelly of the fur farming industry. And I was on board from the get-go. We collaborated on Fur Free Friday. Uh, we went to the Canadian consulate to demand that they sign the bill for, uh, which is on a federal and municipal level to ban fur farming in Canada. Also, the pandemic, of course, hit. And in British Columbia, again, it's a fact that they found uh, the, the connection with COVID and the, the, the mink that were also uh, contracting this disease. And it was a perfect timing to talk to all the parliament, uh, the, all the big shakers and movers in the Canadian parliament. And I just loved the fact that he put his whole heart and money and invested his, uh, sacrificed a lot to create this film. So the watch party went really well. Of course, we had an amazing host, Matthew Schwartz, who uh, allowed us to have this uh, this watch party at his office. Um, we brought popcorn, vegan popcorn, vegan candy, and, and people were very open to coming to watch the film. Again, free and open to the public. Um, we had an amazing time. Jamie and I, Jamie Logan and I hosted the party as well. And people, everybody was in tears. There wasn't a dry eye in, 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 a, in the audience. Uh, we had about 40 people that attended the film, uh, the, the watch party. And <coughs> excuse me. And it, it, it went amazingly well. Again, uh, I would do it over and over again because... People, the public needs to see this, needs to understand that the, the farming industry not only targets animals, but it also targets the workers. Um, they, they pick on, uh, again, I'm sure the, the movie's out, I can talk about it now, but they, tar they pick on people that have, A, addictions, okay, uh, alcohol or drug addictions uh, that are, uh, you know, not mentally all there, uh, you know, that have social issues or social skills issues. And they pick on these people because they're the only ones that are going to do the dirty work, right? It's, it's, it's an oppressive industry all around. And I can't wait for everyone to see this film. So thank you, Jane, for doing what you did at everybody in LA and all over the world that, that held these uh, watch parties. It was amazing. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, thank you so much, Rachel. Uh, all right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break here on Voice America Radio. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about California's ban on the sale of new fur and how it's being ignored. That's our breaking news. Stay right there. We're going to stay live on all socials and on the Unchained TV app, but we're taking a short break on Voice America Radio. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Get Unchained. Tune in every Wednesday for Unchained TV on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Unchained TV, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Unchained TV. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email in to jane at unchainedtv.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome. We are talking about this incredible movie, the movie Sparking a Movement, Ending Real Fur. And it was a seven-year journey by a man named Tamor Chowdhury. He uh, was a high-flying luxury consumer, but then one day, this is the photo that changed everything. He loved his dogs. He found out that the fur trim he was wearing is from a dog. His life literally turned upside down, and he ended up spending seven years and becoming an undercover investigator to expose the fur industry, and now he's on a mission to get fur farms banned in Canada. We're going to talk about that, but first, we've got another caller. Um, we've got Sarah, I believe. Uh, Sarah in Los Angeles, your question and thought. My question is, is there going to be a campaign to the actual people that are like the people on TV that are the commentators or the reporters? Because I keep seeing every night on TV the newscasters and they're wearing these coats. And one of them actually looked like real fur that I saw Chanley Painter wearing on court TV. So I'm going to email them today and ask them about her coat. I think that there should be a whole bunch of people reaching out to these people that are on these networks and asking them to check their hoods of their coat, just like Ty Moore did in the movie. And he didn't know it was raccoon dog fur. I, I feel like there's a lot of dog fur and a lot of fur on people's coats, and they're still not making the connection. So how do we get through that barrier? Thank you. Well, you know, that is a really good question. Thank you, Sarah, because I'm a reporter. And so I was a reporter on television for years. We were always told to wear things that are not terribly glamorous because you don't really want to stand out. You just want to look professional. But I have also seen a lot of fur trim and at sporting events, 
a lot of fur on the commentators. We've got to let them know. And, and I got to go back to Ellen Dent on this. We need a campaign. This is the kind of thing we really got to target because if people are wearing fur on camera, so we know we have to target the stylist. And when I mean target, I mean educate, inform, and let them know it's shameful and it's politically incorrect. It's just like hate speech to be wearing a fur and and to be promoting a fur. But what can we do to stop these newscasters from doing this? Uh, well, I'm not sure how much control they have over what they wear, but from what you're saying, uh, they do have the decision of what coat they wear, possibly. Um, they I They do. They do. I'm yeah. telling you, I was in the media for 38 years. If you don't want to wear fur, I refuse to put on a dress. And they, you know, they could, there's only so much that people can do about it. Um, no, they're they're making that choice probably, almost almost certainly. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, but I think it's a great idea what Sarah said to write to that, you know, particular, you know, I guess, reporter, newscaster, and I'll let them know that, you know, they need to check and make sure that that's faux fur and make sure that it's publicly known that they are wearing faux fur, because I think that's good to also uh, promote that they are wearing faux fur, which is hopefully the case. Um, and also, I think it also helps to go after that station, uh, just like we did years ago at that you know television station, is to let them know that you don't want to see that on their station. If you have to have a protest, if you're up for it, then uh, you know do that. Uh, but I think that's a great way. Uh, I just want to say very briefly that we're in an era where one little letter is not necessarily going to, what we need to do, and I don't know if Tamor is watching this, but obviously PETA for the Ethical Treatment of Animals has done incredible work there. They're one of the key reasons why, for example, Michael Kors gave up fur. Um, you know, all there's pressure campaigns. They're nonviolent, peaceful, confrontational, because every single one of these designers and let's face it, the vast majority of the top brands have given up fur, but they start out, PETA starts out writing a letter, a nice letter saying, here's some video we want to show you. This is terrible. It's cruel. It's exploitive of the workers, blah, blah, blah. And they're ignored. And then they step it up and do a little protest outside the store. And then they're ignored. And then they step it up. So, um, you know, it's campaigns. It's campaigns. I think if we want to take this film to the next level, aside from the legislation, which we'll get to, is that every time we see somebody of note who is wearing fur, either as a newscaster or a sports person out in the field uh, or fur trim, it's a campaign. Because I'll tell you, if your boss gets 10,000 emails about your fur trim, you ain't wearing it again. Okay? That's what it's going to take. That is really what it's going to take. And I got to go back to Rachel Levy on this because you're uh, an activist. You and your co-host, uh, Jamie Logan, recently make headlines by basically disrupting the coach um, uh, fashion show during uh, fashion week. Um, tell us what you think is going to get people in the public eye from never wearing fur, that it's as politically incorrect as think of the most politically incorrect thing you could do. It's right there. Well, for starters, what I found that works really well is educating the public, um, sometimes fur shaming them. And at the same time, sometimes opening up your heart and, and coming from a different approach, right. From a more, a more peaceful approach. Um, again, I just got a fur trim off 
somebody the other day, a moose knuckle, uh, at, at one of the protests at, for, on for Free Friday outside Louis Vuitton. Um, so c connecting with people on the streets that are wearing fur, you know, you can shame them or at least show them how absurd they look, how obscene fur is. Um, also connecting them with, hey, do you have a pet at home? Do you, I mean, and I hate to say the word pet, but do you have a dog at home? You know, do you know that they're cousins to dogs? Uh, you know, uh, how can you possibly, would you wear your dog? Would you wear the, the fur of your cat at home? Um, but if you want like a wider audience, again, social media helps as well. And showing the public that people are open Uh, to to unzipping their fur trims or or, or or start donating their fur their fur coats because it is so frowned upon and again you, you're wearing fur only because you want to you know show that you're socially uh, rich that you could look down on other people that you could afford these coats so sometimes again shaming these people that are wearing fur helps there's just a fine line that you cannot cross and become vulgar to them and all that because it does turn them off well, but, but the, the the coach fashion show what it did again i, I think we, we we wanted to like i said fur or uh, sorry, animal skins, cow skins, is the new fur. Uh, the same way we tackled the fur industry, I think it's uh, it's very important to do the same thing eventually for, for animal skins. And, um, you know, we commanded, we commanded the attention for the cows that coaches uses for their handbags and the cruelty that's involved that people often, you know, You know, they, they they bypass all that. They don't look at the handbags and see an animal that suffered this whole time uh, just to become yeah. an accessory, right? Whether it's yes. shoes, belts, yeah. or all that. So I see what yeah, you're saying. What you're saying. <laughs> all right. What you're saying okay. is that what you're saying is that uh, uh, you're you're trying to use a gentle approach. And I think it's always great to use a gentle approach. But let me tell you, Rachel, you've been in a gazillion in-store protests that are highly confrontational and it's peaceful. But I can tell you, knowing personally, one of the top designers who gave up fur, and, and I know this for a fact, he was many letters were written to him. He ignored it. Then there were protests at his stores. He ignored it. And then finally, it was his big moment to be a giant fashionista, celebrity, the pinnacle of society at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And there was an extremely, and you were probably there, Rachel, an extremely uh, confrontational but nonviolent uh, protest that disrupted his entire Metropolitan Museum event. Yes. They played, they played screams of yes i was holding the sound yes okay yes you were in charge of the sound you played screams of animals who were being skinned alive for fur everybody jumped on stage they held up signs that's when he gave it up only after that it took that so all of this about be so very polite and don't i'm sorry he was asked for decades politely and he absolutely ignored everybody. So I think we have to accept life on life's terms and understand that a lot of these people, they are not going to listen until their hand is forced because greed is a powerful, yeah. powerful thing. I want to go to Karen LaCava, who's been waiting patiently. Karen. Yeah. Real, real, you, fast, real fast. Sorry, Jane. I think to escalate, there's a certain time when you escalate, like we did with Michael Kors. 
And when you escalate to that level and you organize, uh, again, it was very well organized. Um, and again, the, the media ate it up. It was everywhere. And we vilified him for, again, the monster that he is. Because he was Michael. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Rachel, I'm going to mute you. We don't want to attack people personally. That's not what our movement is about. We do not call people monsters. I'm going to apologize for that. And we invite him on at any time. Uh, we are peaceful, nonviolent. It's just about the behavior, not the person. So I just want to make that very clear. Go ahead, Rachel. Wrap it up. My apologies for calling yeah. him a monster. I'm sorry yeah. about okay. that. Yeah, he was Michael Kors's quintessential fur. Yeah, you know they even was. said it. He gave it up. Yeah, three yeah. months later, he gave it up. Um, yeah. And again, so I think that sometimes you have to escalate. Uh, and not be so nice and not be so peaceful. Again, we were holding just posters at that event and we played the loud screams. Uh, I don't think, I, I, I hate to disagree with you again. I can't say that you were not peaceful. You were peaceful. Nobody laid a hand. If anything, it was- Oh the, no, we were, yes. I, I, the security I, I guards who, who, who kind of roughed up the protesters. So let's not mischaracterize ourselves. We are peaceful. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely somebody. said I was peaceful. I definitely said you were somebody peaceful. verbally- is not an act of violence. It is an act of truth. Tell no, I never said truth. we weren't peaceful. I never yes. said we weren't peaceful. I said we were peaceful. We were holding a piece of paper yeah. and and uh, letting the animals speak for themselves and, and having everybody listen to the screams. If anything, I almost got thrown over the balcony by a security. Yes, no, they were very rough with us. Uh, I was there. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. But like I said, we were peaceful. We were, you know, again, we escalated, but we were peaceful. We didn't touch anybody we were using our voice and okay. that's it. Thank you, Rachel. You are one of my heroes. You do incredible activism. We just have to be very careful about how we characterize everything, our behavior and other people's behavior. But you know, I love you. Hold on one second. I love you. <laughs> All right. Heck. On the other side of the spectrum, Karen LaCava. On the other side of the spectrum. Yes. Vegan caterer, right? You provided some really great food for the watch party because this is a template. We can take this watch party idea and we can really go to town with it. Let's uh, have a hand raise. How many people would be agreeable to hosting future watch parties and or attending them? There you go. We got something going here. Okay, Karen, tell us what your role was and why it was important. Well, you know, I... Um I did some food. I did a vegan charcuterie. I set up the table. I helped with some other foods and just organized and um, supported Jeff and Mick who were hosting. I it helped invite some people. And um, any way that you can support this cause, all of the animal causes, is a help. And, of course, when people you know, know they're going to be enjoying some good food, they might be more willing to show up. You never know. Um, hopefully that's not the reason. Hopefully they are there to support the animal cause. And uh, the film was amazing, eye-opening, and um, it was graphic, which was needed. People don't understand. I don't think they realize just how horribly these animals are treated and, and that there are you know, not, there are dogs in some of the fur, you know, so it's, it's necessary to enlighten people. And I also want to point out that, you know, we're acting like we're under the gun 
Um, but thanks to actions like what Rachel Levy and a lot of her activists uh, in New York are doing, and I know you were involved in this too, Rachel, um, there's still more and more designers giving up fur. Right here, Canada Goose announced not so long ago that they are giving up fur, that they gave up fur, which is a huge, huge victory. And it's one of the, the big you know, moments in the film when uh, it's, it's announced that Canada Goose uh, has given up fur trim because the coyotes that are killed for this, and they are wild animals, so they are trapped in the wild. Um, not that there's anything more inherently evil about trapping an animal in the wild than raising an animal in a tiny cage in a feces feces ridden cage and and electrocuting them anally or vaginally and or skinning them alive. It's all horrible. But um, that was a huge victory. So I want to go around, you know, and just ask folks, you know, are we winning? Jeff Hoffman, it's easy to sort of get weighed down with the problems that remain, but fur is certainly not as popular as it was when your mother bought a fur many, many years ago. Thank goodness, no. Uh, are we winning? I mean, we're making progress. I, I don't know what winning looks like at this point other than the eradication of these things, right? Like no more fur sales, but we're, we're getting closer bit by bit. It, you know, municipalities are cutting down, you know, cutting back and saying, look, we're not selling uh, fur in, I believe, San Francisco, right? L.A. So so it's definitely uh, making progress. And, you know, on the on the topic of, you know, how do you actually uh, get people, get the message across, right? We have all these nice uh, uh, mechanisms now, right? We have Unchained TV. You have a simple link. You can send the movie uh, to folks and say, here, this is a point. Watch this guy's story and learn what's going on in the real world, uh, you know, and, and help reduce the the demand, right? If people don't, if there's less demand, the companies have less incentive to, to sell these things, right? The money, you know, the trail of money is what keeps uh, sustaining these industries. And, you know, yeah, you got to have stronger messaging and, and explain to the providers why they need to stop selling fur, but, and leather and, and all these other products that are based on animals, of course. And as well as, you know, educate the people, um, you know, back to Tim Gunn's statement, like those those designers really need to know where they, these materials come from. Yeah. And I want to play one other clip, which happened just th the film premiered on Fur Free Friday. So um, there was a protest in Beverly Hills. Listen, because it turns out that it's not just L.A. or San Francisco. We're happy to say all of California has banned the sale of new fur products. However... On January 1st, 2023, California made history by becoming the first fur-free state in the nation. It is now illegal to manufacture and sell fur in California. So what I wanted to ask you guys to do is to be your own fur police. Find a fur store near you. Just go on maps and type in fur store and go visit and just pretend you're shopping for your mother or your aunt, which is what I did. And he happily showed me, both stores happily showed me all of their new fur. This was just four or five months ago. They were flippant when I asked them about the new law. So there you go. The good news is that 
And California, as California goes, so goes the nation. California has banned uh, the sale of new fur products. The bad news is that stores are violating it. So, uh, Tanya, uh, you're not really an activist. You're an incredible vegan chef who um, is more about promoting, right, the the benefits of and the deliciousness of plant-based foods. But how do you see, what should we do uh, to to demand that these laws be enforced. They're not being, if, if they're not being forced, that gives consumers a false sense of security. Oh, thanks, Jane. Um, I definitely am a part of the activism whenever I can be. Um, where I live in Michigan, you know, I think that it's a smaller movement. Um, what can we do to try to get things enforced? You know, I'm always inspired by you, by everybody on this panel, uh, by all the other activists that, I, that I've met um, in Canada, and I look to them to keep me inspired. I talk to everybody that I can. I share whatever I can. I show up to all the events that I can, and um, I think all of the ideas that we talked about on here are great, like campaigns, um, just getting the word about social media is always going to be our biggest tool, I think, um, writing letters, calling uh, trying to stay positive. I know the question was posed, are we winning? And unfortunately, where I live in Michigan, it's hunting season right now. So, you know, we're dealing with a lot of people that are just so used uh, to being around animal abuse and just not giving them a second thought. So it's, it feels a little bit daunting. But I think with, like, like I said, I try to keep myself in a frame of mind where I am inspired and I have people who are making change, uh, in my forethought all the time, you know, there's amazing activists uh, in Canada. I don't live in Canada, but I've been inspired by them. So I don't know. I'm just going to keep doing everything that I can do and talk to everybody that I come in contact with. And I think um, one of the ways that I try to do that has been mentioned before um, and how Tamor did it in the film is by bringing it back to pet animals. So dogs and cats. I mean, everybody relates. Everybody has a dog or cat in their life that they like and that they love and that they can have no problem believing that that animal is sentient and feeling. And um, that's what I'm going to keep doing. Um, I also think the lawmakers are really, really inspirational to me because sometimes when I think I'm trying to portray a, a, a vision of, you know, happiness and this vegan world is fun and come and join us, everyone. It's great. And we have delicious food and it's wonderful. I know that that's only one part of it. And we really need the lawmakers and the campaign writers and those kind of people that are just so important to the movement because we can only make the party look so great and so fun for so long. We really need lawmakers to make change. And again, campaigners to come up with a movement. Yep. And that's what we're doing here. I want to thank you. Like I said, I do activism whenever I can. Yes. No, I, I know you're an activist as well. Everybody here is heroic. We are out of time. This went by so fast. Uh, and uh, I just appreciate, I know you're all busy. I know Jeff has got a whole work day ahead of him and he's taken the time to do this. Ditto for everybody else. Um, I, I think together, what I love about this movie, it sparked a movement. It has reignited a movement. Of course, PETA and Last Chance for Animals and many other groups have been working for decades, but we you have to constantly reinvent. Now I think we could start a massive social media campaign that will hold everybody accountable, especially in the public eye, if they're seen with fur. And uh, we can do, 
you know, mass letter writing campaigns. Mass, mass, mass. Thank you, everybody. Remember, you at home, download Unchained TV. Watch Ending Real Fur, the movie sparking a movement. You can do it at watch.unchainedtv.com. And you, if you download it on your phone, you can text the movie to your friends. If you know somebody who works fur, text them. Ending Real Fur. Thanks. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Unchained TV. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.